Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Nationals fans, to our first live dogcast of the new season. Back here on our shiny new home, Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Blake Finney, and unlike Anthony Rendon during his ejection, we've got plenty to talk about. Joining me this week is one of the contributors from Tomahawk Tape, the Braves fan-sided site, Fred Owens. How are you doing today, Fred? I'm really well. We just we just kicked the Rockies button. We're doing fine. Yeah, I saw that. I had to double take after seeing today's results. They put up zero. How do they do that in cause? Yeah, I don't have any idea. We just we just been playing good ball, and nobody's told us we're not this good yet. So we just keep playing ball. The uh, the young <laughs> the young players are playing like they know how to do this. And uh, Newcomb pitched six innings, didn't walk anybody, and struck out nine. So when you do that in Colorado, you're we didn't walk anybody the whole game. So that's part of the success, I think. Yeah, that definitely helps. Uh, so. As you may have guessed, Fred's here to help us look ahead to the Braves series coming up. The Braves so far, 6-3 and three to start the season. And quite impressively, they've got the highest batting average and most runs in MLB so far. So, uh, do you just want to talk a little bit about the whole Rocky series in general, Fred? Well, you know, the, 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 the odd thing about the Rocky series is we, we've not played well there uh, in, historically. We, we had a couple of wins toward the end of last season. We've not played well at, at uh, Mile uh, in Denver in recent history, anyway. And we went in there, and and we should have won all three games. Actually, uh, we had a call overturned uh, on a play at first base. They said he was out. Ball was clearly not in the glove, but you know you can't argue those things. Then we went on to lose it uh, in, when Vizcaino melted down. But aside from that, we played as well or better than the Rockies in every game. Uh, the bottom half of our lineup hit really well the first two games and the, the last game or the last game, game and a half, uh, the top uh, Albies and uh, NCR, they started hitting as well. Um, we got to their pitchers early. We forced them into the bullpen and uh, I know they have a good bullpen, but uh, we, we forced them into it early a couple of games in a row. It stretches them out. Uh, we just, nobody told us we couldn't. So we kept doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty impressive going in there and winning two out of three. I think, uh, one of the players I was really impressed by was Ozzy Alves hitting two home runs. Yeah, Ozzy's, Ozzy's really a talent. I mean, he looks like a little guy, and uh, until you see him with his shirt off, this dude is ripped. He's, I bet he's got like 2% body <laughs> fat. He's solid muscle, and he can fly. And he's he started off a little slow. He was like two for his first 20, but he's now, I think, eight for his last 20. And he uh, hit one, took one out to uh, the out of the ballpark today. Uh, yeah, seems like he's uh, got his uh, got his mojo back, and he's doing really well out there. And between him and Swanson, Swanson's a better player with Ozzy beside him. They like each other a lot. They get along. They're close friends. And he really he really is made better by having Ozzy beside him in the middle of the infield. Swanson's played perfectly. Ozzy's played great ball. Uh, he made a couple of plays in this uh, Colorado series where he, he took one ball that was hit slow hit over the mound. He came from second base behind the pitcher's mound and threw back to first base, nailed the runner. 
and then uh, he caught a line drive and flipped to second base behind his back and got the uh, got the uh, double play going in in one game and just killed killed the Rockies. Took the air right out of the stadium when he did that because they were about to make a comeback. So he's he's quite a player. Uh, Snitker says that you know the only second baseman better is out is uh, uh, Altuve. And I wouldn't argue with that right now. Uh, Ozzy seems to be the whole package at second base. Well, I don't know if he's counting Daniel Murphy or not. Um, <laughs> I think I could make a strong case for Daniel Murphy being better. But I think having uh, the Braves having Swanson and Albies up the middle to go with Freddie Freeman, that's three quarters of a pretty strong infield going forward. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been the key. Last year, uh, Dansby had some trouble. He started off sluggish. He had a pulled oblique out of spring, and he never really, never really got underway. Um, I don't think that he and Phillips were a particularly good pairing around second. I think Phillips kind of his personality kind of overpowered him a little bit. When Ozzy came up, he started playing better. Uh, but that, the infield now is really tight. We picked up uh, Ryan Flaherty. Um, the Phillies couldn't find a place for him. He, we picked him up. He comes in plays third base like he was born there, and. That's not been his tradition, but he has, he has played it like he was born there since he arrived. So the defense tightened up uh, through around the infield, particularly in the middle. Uh, they seem to read each other's mind. They know where the other guy is at all the time. And like you said, any time the middle of the infield is that tight, um, you're going to, your pitchers are going to do well to play a lot of ground balls, and, and that plays up to it. Uh, it, it it's, really, uh, it's really a pleasure to see him play together. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think while I've got you on, I think one player that everyone wants to know about that isn't even on the Braves yet is Ronald Acuna. Uh, he's due up on April 14th when uh, the Braves can get an extra year of control on him. So give us the sneak preview yep. of Ronald Acuna for people who haven't already seen him mashing in spring training. Well, if you haven't seen him, you've missed a really quality ball player. Uh, true five-tool player, hits, hits for power, runs, steals bases, defends well, has got a cannon on his shoulder, uh, plays, uh, enjoys playing the game, got a smile on his face all the time. And he's 0 for 8 to open the season at Gwinnett. I'm sure he's not smiling much about that. But he's <laughs> he's the real deal. He's a full package. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's anybody I could actually compare him to uh, on the field. I mean, he reminds me. He reminds me a little bit of Torrey Hunter, but he's got more power. He's got a better arm. Uh, you know, there's he's just really an enjoy, he's a joy to watch. You see some players play the game, and it looks like they're struggling to you know, enjoy themselves out there. Uh, he goes out with a smile on his face, much like Albies. They go out, smile on their face. They're going to have fun when they go out there, uh, and they're going to play hard, and they enjoy it. So I think, uh, you know, he's going to be up, you know, I don't know. They could bring him up the 13th or 14th. They may delay that uh, until uh, until we hit a bump because right now we're playing really well. Uh, but uh, you know, keeping him for the extra year, I'm not sure it makes any difference long term because I expect him to do um, to, to try and extend him. But uh, you know, it doesn't. I, you know, there's no point in bringing him up early, particularly you know, two weeks ain't going to hurt us. And uh, it, it was a, it's a smart move in terms of uh, control. Yeah, I, I was watching Bull Durham the other day, and uh, you don't mess with a streak no matter what. Um, and I think uh, I think Preston Tucker's been playing quite well in left field so far. I think um, he definitely impressed in the previous series against the Nats. So if he's playing well, why do you need to rush Acuna? Especially if, I know it's only like two games, but if he's 0 for 8 to start the season, why 
why bring him up and mess with the streak, like you say? Yeah, and that's true. And, you know, when Acuna starts hitting, the AAA pitchers are going to be crying because he's going to when – he, when he goes on a tear, he goes on a tear, and he's going to he's going to wake up and get it going. Uh, but Tucker, you know, we, the last series when we played you all, Tucker was the star, you know. The home runs, the home runs he hit uh, really were death blows in a couple of cases. They, they were at the right time. They put a lot of impetus into the, into the team. They, they picked us up, and uh, he's been a revelation. I, I have a friend who's an Astros fan who I, I chided. I said, you, you've got John Singleton down in, in double-A ball, and you're paying him $2 million this year. And here's Tucker. You DFA'd him, and he's hit better than singles in the last two years. Uh, you guys made a really bad mistake. Thank you very much. Well, they let J.D. Martinez go in a similar move a few years ago as well, and that's uh, panned out pretty much the same. <laughs> well, Martinez wasn't that good a hitter in Houston. He got to uh, Detroit, and Miggy got a hold of him and, and, and turned him around. And... Uh, yeah, that was J.D. Martinez thing. He and uh, Miguel Cabrera fixed him up. But, yes, it's it's the same sort of thing. You hate to see players leave and come back and kick your butt, but they do that all the time. That's the way baseball is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so now we're going to look ahead to the individual matchups that we've got coming up. So first up on Monday at 7.05 Eastern time, we've got Julio Tehran against Max Scherzer. Obviously a big-name uh, big matchup, but... Um, I think Julio Tehran's been struggling a bit lately. I think since uh, since 2015, his ERA against the Nationals is 5.08, which is ridiculous. What's changed with Tehran since the dominant pitcher that we saw at the start of his career? You know, if I could answer that, I'd make a lot more money than I'm making. Uh, the the I, you know, I, there's two things I really expect uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. I expect uh, Mad Max to be on a mission to come back and show us that he's Mad Max. Uh, and, you know, when he's on, nobody beats him. Uh, all you can hope for is a mistake. And, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a Cy Young award-winning pitcher, uh, and you, you've got you've to hope that he makes a mistake, hangs one, and you can get a bite and get a run and then grab on and hold it. Julio, there's a couple of things with him. First of all, he, hasn't, he didn't really like throwing to Chris Stewart, the catcher that we had brought in at the last minute after everybody – after Flowers got hurt and everybody kept hitting Suzuki. Uh, and while Stewart did well uh, in terms of actual physical catching and throwing and, and that kind of thing, I didn't feel that Julio was comfortable with him with the setup behind the plate. They they didn't seem to be on the same page a lot. Uh, and that's not the whole thing. I mean, some of this, he's lost some velocity. You know, he was 91, 92 uh, with, a, with a nice little slider, and he – uh, he seems to – he's down now to 90, 91, sometimes 89. Uh, the slider doesn't have quite the bite, and uh, he's throwing a lot more two-seam fastballs for some reason. Uh, but that wasn't really – when he was having those great ERA years, that wasn't really his thing. It was, his thing was uh, the four-seamer, and then he would, he would throw you a little slide piece and change up, and he was painting corners and doing things. And in the last – last 18 months uh, he's not really been that sharp and and the the powers down the powers velocity's down uh and i think some of that's got to do with the backstop and i think some of that's got to do with with uh suntrust park is in his head a little bit uh i don't know i'm you know i was a advocate of getting a some one of the old pitching coaches that worked with him well to come back but the braves aren't going to do that obviously um 
I don't know. Julio at his best can be a really dominant pitcher, but he hasn't been that guy for a long time. And uh, right now, Mike Baltnewitz is probably the, the the best pitcher on the in the staff. Uh, you get him in the middle game, uh, and Julio is sliding down. He's the he's probably a three on the staff right now. Yeah, I pretty much echo what you say. I think um, Nats fans know all too well that when we watch Max Scherzer, we're we're on no hit watch every single time. And obviously, the last uh, last game against the Braves is going to be an exception compared to compared to normal. And I obviously with a hot offense like yours so far, we um, I don't know if it will be a done deal, but you would fully expect Max to help pitch Tehran. Uh, obviously, in the second game. Fred may have jumped ahead slightly. Uh, we've got Mike Fultonavich against Steven Strasburg on Tuesday at 7.05 p.m. I was really impressed with Fultonavich in uh, in his start against the, the Nats last time. Five and a third innings, four hits, one earned, two walks. Uh, eight strikeouts as well, which has kind of been uh, one of his calling points. So uh, just give us another, another taste, because before we've seen a guy who's had a lot of raw stuff but not quite putting it together. What's changed this year? Well, a couple of things have changed. First of all, uh, if you look back at Mike when he first came up, uh, I got confession here. I'm, I started out in Illinois way back in the dark ages when there were only eight teams in each league. Uh, Mike is an Illinois guy. I spoke with him at Spring Training a couple of years ago, and I like him a lot here. Uh, I've been holding off these guys that demand him being put in the bullpen because he had a bad year as a rookie. But what happened over the winter is his 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 mechanics have been quieter. He's got this one smooth motion now, and he doesn't sort of fall off the mound and spin around in a circle when he throws. He throws the same uh, mechanics every time, and he's he's in control of that out there. And it's worked a lot. And the other thing is he understands that the umpires are going to make bad calls, and he can't do anything about it. Uh, in the past, he would get upset when the umpire missed clear, clearly uh, miscalled strikes, and it would get inside his head. Uh, this year... Uh, we had one instance in the game where the umpire made two really bad calls on him, and in the past that would have been it. He'd have blown up and been gone. But this year he's under control. He knows that he can throw that strike. And the good thing about Mike is that he's getting better every time he goes out there. You know, his first year up there he went seven, eight innings and was throwing 97-98 in the eighth inning uh, on the paint, and then he would have a really bad game. He still got that 97-98 tucked up in his arm, and uh, as soon as he as he matures through the season, you're going to see him go deeper and deeper into the games. So basically, it's maturity and mechanics have improved. Uh, I got to tell you now, I'll say this: I picked Strasburg to win the Cy Young this year. I don't think there was a better pitcher in the league after after uh, post after the middle of the season last year than Strasburg. Everybody's waited for him to do this. Uh, I I have tremendous respect for him and what he's fought his way through. I think he's going to be. He's going to win the Cy Young this year uh, unless something bad happens. I hope he has a bad day against us, but uh, <laughs> I wish him good luck every time except he pitches against the Braves. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. He was absolutely flat-out dominant down the stretch last year, um, and it kind of culminated in the two starts in the NLDS. Uh, obviously, we won't talk about Game 5 of the NLDS, but um, yeah, watching him pitch, he really matured a lot last year, and then... Um, I think his issue is he has his teammate and Clayton Kershaw in the same league. That's probably the only thing stopping him from really making a serious run at the Cy Young. Uh, one thing I did notice is Freddie Freeman absolutely kills him 
He's 375 with four home runs in just 40 at-bats. Uh, Nats fans are unfortunately way too familiar with Freddie Freeman. Um, he's just a, a Nats killer in general, I guess. Uh, do you see any similarities between Freeman and Harper in terms of they absolutely own the Braves and Nationals, respectively? Well, uh, you know, you got to look at Harper and say he owns most teams, okay? Yeah, this is a superiorly talented player, and now that he's got his big boy pants on and isn't trying to show off all the time, he is a force. He owns Julio Turan. He's got like a he's, – he's got – the Braves have a mortgage on Julio Turan with him. He owns Turan. Uh, Harper, you're going to have to uh, – you're going to have to get a little lucky with him, uh, but, uh, you know – He's a tremendous force, a tremendous talent. Now that he's not playing with his hair on fire so much, he's a lot better player. Uh, he he aggravated people when he was first coming up, just a kid, and 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 that happens. But in this year, uh, in his walk year, and he he's a lot better player. I think he's you know Freddie's not quite in in Harper's class in terms of a five tool kind of get out and chase him down guy. Uh, Freddie's more of a quiet leader. Uh, he gets in there and he says, guys, we're not going to lose this game. We're going to do this. And he goes out and he does it. Uh, what hurt Freddie is going to hurt Freddie this year is he's already got more walks than Harper. Nobody wants, <laughs> nobody wants to pitch to him. And, uh, you know, the good news for us is Marquecas hit a home run. Um, Who would have thought about that? And he hit another one today. Uh, nobody would have believed that. You know, I mean, he had he has a handful of home runs a year. And then, you know, Tucker's down the line and he's he's – delivered as well uh so you're walking freddie you're getting past the big dog there's no doubt about that but it's not like it used to be where you got past freddie and then there was nothing the bottom half of the lineup has been really good but you have freeman freeman sort of owns strasburg uh harper owns most pitchers uh Holdy had good luck with him last time and if they can uh, manage to keep that going we'll be all right but you know the underrated player on your team is a guy who got thrown out for laying his bat down. I love I love Anthony Rendon as a player, and I think uh, you know he's a guy uh, that makes a big difference in that team when he's playing well. Uh, he makes everybody better. So yeah, I like uh, everybody knows about Harper, but you know some people pass over Rendon because Arenado's out there and there's other things going on. But Aaron, Rendon's a hell of a player. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's he's one of the players that. You take for granted when he's in the lineup, but you really notice it when he's not. And we we saw that against the Mets on Saturday. As soon as he was ejected, you had Matt Reynolds playing third and hitting second in the lineup, and it changed everything really. Yeah, uh, I, I've yeah, Rendon since since he's been up the the season he was hurt so much. Um, the Naps would have been you know light years better had he been able to play. And you know he he's quiet. He just does everything, and he does it well, and he, he hits anywhere at the lineup, and his defense is solid. So, you know, I I love Rendon as a player. Uh, if you don't need him, send him south. We'll find a place for him. You know, we'll, you know, we'll find a place for him to play. Uh, he's, a, he's a really fine ball player, and, you know, you need to hang on to that guy because he's really good. Yeah, definitely. I think if Harper leaves, I think Rendon's extension is going to become priority number one. Um, oh, it has, so... to be. It has to be, yes. Yeah. Uh, finally, we're moving on to the final matchup of the series. We've got Brandon McCarthy against AJ Cole at Wednesday at 1.05 Eastern. Uh, this is where you get to be smug and uh, recall AJ Cole's last start where he went three and two thirds, 10 hits, 10 earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. So that's, uh, 
that all adds up to a 24.55 ERA and 3.55 WHIP. That's definitely not pretty. Yeah, he's not been he's not had fun against us in the past, and I hope he doesn't have fun against us again this this week. I don't, you know, getting smug against a pitcher because I've seen pitchers. Uh, I saw it when Jackson go out there and pitch a no hitter, walk nine guys. But uh, you know, I, I don't on any day these guys are the major leagues because they're really good, and and on any day he can go out and beat you. So they're not going to take him for granted. On the other hand, after facing Mad Max and Strasburg. Uh, it, it's going to be a different thing. Uh, and you got McCarthy, who has been pitching really well this year. He's he come into the uh, – the only question about McCarthy has always been, is he going to stay healthy? And he's been healthy, and he's he, he took Colorado apart, and I expect him to continue to play that way. And if he continues to uh, mix his pitches up, he's going to be hard. He's going to be hard to beat for anybody. Um, so, you know, uh, I do feel a little co- more confident about that game than I do the other two. Uh, but uh, I don't, you know, these people who say, oh, he's no good. That's, these guys are so good, uh, we don't appreciate it sometimes. And, and so I can, on any given day, I can get beat. So I, I appreciate him, but I hope we can give him, make an ERA go up to 36.95. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thing with AJ Cole at the moment is he's not throwing the pitches with conviction. I don't know if he can feel Jeremy Hellickson breathing down his neck. Uh, I think Hellickson made a start on Saturday. Obviously, I think he's going to stay down for one more rehab start, but after that, I think he's going to come up and replace Cole. So, obviously, this is his last chance to impress. So, is he going to falter like he did last time or come up strong, um, obviously, in his last chance? Uh, you Talking about Brandon McCarthy again, uh, in my usual stat reading before the episode, he's actually 0 for 2 against the Nats, but a 2.05 ERA. He's been out by Dan Harron and Max Scherzer, of all people. So, yeah, there is something there. And like you say, if he can stay injury-free, um, can you expect him to be a fixture in the Braves rotation for this season, maybe beyond? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing about McCarthy is he knows who he is. He's, he's not a kid. This is, well, I'm this fireballer, and he's not. Uh, he, doesn't think, he knows who he is. He knows how he has to pitch, and he pitches that way. If you beat him... You beat him because he didn't. He made a mistake, or he is he wasn't quite as sharp. Uh, he pitched well for the Dodgers. He when he was healthy, he settled down. You know the we've got all these young pitchers around, and I know Julio's been around for a while, but uh, McCarthy is an experienced major league starter. He sits in the middle of that rotation. And he says, "Okay, kids, look, it's not this bad. Okay, you had a bad inning. Go out and get them next time." He's been good for the whole rotation, top to bottom. And even though he doesn't throw as hard as Palti and he's not left-handed like Newcomb, he makes everybody in the rotation better. And I think that, uh, you know, as long as he stays healthy, the Braves are going to keep him around. Now, I don't know what they're going to do next postseason, but I suspect that uh, I suspect that McCarthy staying around, if he stays healthy, will be on the list. Uh, I've, I've been really impressed with what he's done so far. Yeah, I think it... It helps no end, especially with the Braves and they're bringing through all these young pitchers like Newcomb, Max Fry, Gohara's going to be back soon from the DL. Having that veteran presence there is going to help them no end. Well, I mean, you know, you look at what Houston did last year. They they had all these really good pitchers, and then we get out and got Berlander, and he said, calm down, guys, I'm here. 
and <laughs> suddenly they were a better team. I mean, honestly, you've, we've seen it happen before. You know, do you see him go out and get that guy in the middle of the year? He says, okay, guys, relax, okay? Nobody dies. We're going to go out and we're going to win this, and they go out and do that. Sometimes uh, sabermetrics guys uh, and fans don't understand how important it is to have somebody who's been there and done that. And who can say, okay, yeah, it's bad, but it's, it could be a lot better. It's going to be a lot better. Let's go out and do that. So I'm I'm impressed with McCarthy. Uh, in fact, and a, uh, Alex Anthopoulos, and that's the last time I'm going to say his whole name. I call him AA from now on. <laughs> has done really well in picking up players who fit roles. Shane Carl's been really good in relief. He came out there in Colorado today after Newcomb had given up a double uh, to open the, open the inning up, and he said, yeah, but this is it's all over. I got you back, and they were gone. Uh, and he picked up Preston Tucker, who has been a revelation. He picked up Ryan Flaherty because uh, nobody wanted him, and Flaherty's got something like a 519 OPS or a 519 uh, on-base average. He's, he's a slugging percent. He's just really killing people, and he, that's not who he's been, but that is who he is now. Uh, Lane Adams is playing well. Of course, he's a hangover for last year, and he picked up uh, picked up guys that were uh, that fit the need. And uh, have made the made the whole lineup better overall, and so I, you know, I, that's some of these I rolled my eyes at. And I shook my head and went, "What the Dickens is he doing?" But he knows that we have to have a thousand innings out of starters, and we're not going to get that out of the kids. So we've got to have somebody there to help mix pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. I know Carl, Carl was impressive against the Nats. I think he relieved for Tehran when Tehran blew up in the um, the ridiculous run fest. Um, so now on the podcast, we're going to move on to our predictions for the series. So we'll go back to Tehran v. Scherzer. I think you alluded to uh, which way you were yeah, leading to this one earlier. Unless Mad Max has another meltdown, I suspect we'll lose that game. I I, I never count this, this team out of, of any game having watched them this year. But uh, if Mad Max is on, uh, we all know that, that it's hard to beat that guy. So, you know, I would say the advantage uh, definitely goes to you and Nick. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that as well. I don't think we're going to blow up Tehran like we did before. I think he's there's still something there, so maybe something like a 5-2 win for the Nets. Um, so second up, we've got Foltenavich v. Strasbourg. This is probably the most notable pitching matchup of the series. And right now, I think, I think it is a bit of a coin flip with Strasbourg kind of a little bit slow to start and Foltenavich flying out the block. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. This one could go either way. Mike... Mike raises his game against pitchers who, who challenge him a bit, and I think that uh, I think that uh, this will be a good match. I, you know, this game could be, you know, we're saying this, uh, it could be two to one, three to two, uh, and we're saying that, and it go out and be fourteen twelve, and both starters be gone at the end of three innings. You know, that that happens, but I sort of think this is going to be a three two game. Uh, you're because Freddie sort of does have his way with Strasburg, and we've got some protection in there. We might sneak that one out, uh, but you're at home, so you know it's hard to say. You get the last at bat, and your your lineup is uh, really tough, tough to bottom. Uh, I, you know, this is a coin flip. This could go either way. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think three two is about a good score line. I think probably the deciding factor is: Are we going to see the dominant Strasbourg from last season? And if we are, I think we might just edge it. But obviously, a coin flip. Uh, and then finally, we've got McCarthy v. Cole. Um, like I said, it's Cole's last chance to impress with Helixson breathing down his neck. So how do you see this one going? I, um, obviously, we know how you feel about McCarthy, so I can probably guess. Well, 
I, I have to say that I think we've got a really better, a really good shot in this game, uh, simply because the, after you know, this one of these things, I don't care who's out there on the mound, please let, let it be Scherzer kind of thing. Uh, it, the guys are going to feel better about it. not that they're going to be put down about it, but but I think you know that, that gives us a little bit of an edge. And McCarthy's been solid. Uh, the uh, you know, I think this game could be you know sort of four or five to two or something like that in our favor, uh, simply because I don't think you're going to sweep us. Uh, this team just doesn't give up, and I think that they're going to stay in there and fight. And our bullpen's been been really good. If we get a we get ahead, it's going to be really tight. And the one thing that I've always I question about y'all is that is that bullpen. How do you get how do you do it? Get to the end and and do it right. I, you know, if Strasburg goes seven innings, yeah, you're probably in great. If he if he goes five and a third, maybe not so much. So uh, I think that um, I think the bullpen is is your issue. And if if we get your starter out early and get in there and start beating on those those uh, relievers, fine. But um, you know, I think we're going to beat this one probably five two something like that. Yeah, I think I. I would probably tend to say you guys will win. Obviously, you're speaking quite highly of McCarthy. It it might be something that I have to see, but obviously you started this season well. I have this one as being a little bit of a run fest, and you guys coming up on, on top about, uh, I think, I've eight to four. So McCarthy giving up a few. Obviously, the lineup's pretty difficult. Um, but it's interesting that you oh, yeah. say the, the bullpen is a bit of an issue. I think um, we've... Uh, We've somewhat fixed that. It's uh, it's not as bad as Blake trying and closing that we had last year, but um, I think with Madsen Doolittle, we do have that eight nine punch that um, is probably up there with some of the best in the league. Maybe not top top like the um, the Indians say with Miller and Allen, but um, I think I think it's definitely becoming a strength compared to last year. Well, you know the thing about as I said, if he gives you seven. Your bullpen's really good. If, if, if you if we get him out, if we get any of your starters out earlier, the fifth inning, uh, and you you have to bridge that gap and piece it together, that that's where I feel you. But I'm I'm not you know I think your back end is growing. It's going to be all right. Uh, I'm a little surprised you didn't go get Holland, but but I think the back end of the pen's going to be okay. Um, Lord knows, Vizzy walked three guys in a row yesterday and walked in a run, so. Uh, you know, ours is not perfect either, but I think that the middle relief is it, is the one one place where I think it may be maybe not as good as it could be um, uh, for for y'all. And I think that you know, if we can get to it, this is the old get a, get the starter out early thing. Uh, if we can do that, which that's impossible with Max most of the time, and it has been with Strasburg lately. But you know, that's that's where we're going to have a shot. If we can get get them out early, or we can get a couple of mistake runs in there early on and force you to do things that aren't cruise uh, through the game, then we're going to have a good opportunity to take some. And otherwise, you know, it may, it's going to be one out of three probably. Yeah, I think um, I think it's it's going to be key in getting Strasbourg out because then you've got Cole who may not last like he did last time. Um, and then you have several bullpen arms pitching back-to-back days. So right. I think, um, I don't think it's so much the bullpen as a whole. It's, if you start having to have these guys pitch multiple days in a row. Well, that's true. That's true with any bullpen. If the bullpen has to pitch three or four days in a row and they have to go a lot of innings, I mean, you just look at what we did last year and you can see that, you know, the arms get, seem like they stretch out two or three inches and it's hard to, uh, the guys get tired early. 
Um, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's really it's not their fault. They just they just aren't built to do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I think that wraps up our Brave series preview. I'd like to say thanks to Fred for joining us. And where can our listeners find you? Well, you know, th- I want, I'm, I'm, thanks for having me over. I enjoy it. I come back anytime. Or, well, you give me a holler because I'm, you know, like I said, I told you earlier, I'm hard to shut up when I start talking about my Braves. Uh, this over on Tomahawk Take and see what I'm saying. I'm on Twitter uh, and uh, at Freddie Owens. Uh, and just come on over and give me trouble during the game, and we'll be we'll have a little fun. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Brent. Sounds good. Thanks, Fred. Okay, so. Uh, I'd like to say thanks to Fred and Tomahawk Tate for coming on today. Um, it's going to be a very interesting series with the Braves that we've got. Um, so next up, we're going to look back at the Mets series. Uh, obviously, it's not finished yet. We've got Sunday night baseball coming up. Uh, we had a 8-2 loss on Thursday. Obviously, the Jay Bruce home run, um, big moment in that game. And then a 3-2 loss on Saturday, a bit of a heartbreaker. Uh, unfortunately, it's been Brandon Kinsler who seems to be giving up a few runs lately and kind of elevating that fastball where he hasn't got the same velocity as some hard-throwing relievers. If he can start getting that down again, get those grounders, then we really could see that law firm establish themselves as the, as the seven, eight, nine inning guys. So looking back at the star of the series, um, I think I'd have to go with Pedro Severino so far. He's gone, I think he went two for three on Saturday with a stolen base for a catcher, which Everyone goes nuts about, as we saw with JT Realmuto. Uh, and he stepped up big in the absence of Matt Wieters, um, Miguel Montero on paternity leave till Tuesday. So hopefully we can see a bit more of that. And he may even beat out uh, Miguel Montero for Matt Wieters' backup when Wieters is ready to return. I think another key point is Zimmerman's slow start. Obviously, there's going to be a lot made of this about uh, he was just having spring training on the minor league backfield. Um, and the worrying thing is he's taking straight strikes I know it's been mentioned a lot but it really is concerning especially when you're doing that in hitters counts so it'll be interesting to see whether we see Matt Adams a lot more this series um, especially with three right-handers coming up for the Braves you may see a little bit more of that obviously he's playing tonight against uh, Matt Harvey so We'll see how he does. Maybe if he hits a home run, he might earn himself some more playing time. Speaking of sluggish starts, we've got Michael A. Taylor. Unfortunately, he hasn't quite carried over the momentum from last season's postseason where he hit two big home runs. Uh, He's just got a 120 average, 10 strikeouts in 21 at-bats. Even for someone who has such a high K rate like Michael A. Taylor, before when he was barreling up the ball, you can get away with that. Uh, But Obviously, a nearly 50% strikeout rate isn't good enough right now. Uh, And you wonder whether Victor Robles in the background, similar to what we talked about with Fred about AJ Cole, maybe he feels Helixson breathing down his neck. Well, Robles is looming for Michael A. Taylor, and there's only so long that AAA Syracuse can contain him. He went 4-4 today. So you wonder whether that's playing a part. And I really like Michael A. Taylor, but you just feel like if he's still being this sluggish early on and it comes to the end of April, start of May, is he really going to stay in centre field or are the Nats really going to make a push with Victor Robles, get him in there, then you've got a brilliant outfield, you've got Eaton Eaton in left, Robles in centre, Harper in right. Uh, Going back to the Mets, 
it definitely feel like they sent a message this weekend. Kind of don't forget them because a lot of people have been talking about the Phillies preseason uh, as kind of the next nearest challenger, myself included. I I thought they were going to excel with their young talent. Um, but obviously the Mets aren't going away. They've got their starting pitching. We've got Zach Wheeler coming up from Vegas for Wednesday. So uh, one of my friends told me that this is the first time the fabled five pitchers are all going to be in the rotation together for the first for for the Mets. So that's a big deal for them. And if they can keep them all healthy, then they're definitely going to be in it and looking for the NL East title even, not just a wild card. Uh, one of the other Mets who really impressed me this week was Ahmed Rosario. I think he's 22. He's younger than me, which is a bit depressing. Um, but he could be a thorn in the net side for quite a while. He he was barreling up the ball. He was actually he had a good eye at the plate in this series, which we didn't see down the stretch last year when he came up. He was striking out a lot more than he should, and he in the minors he was a big big average hitter, getting on base, taking the walks. Um, so seeing those signs from him for Mets fans, that's a great sign. Um, obviously for Nats fans, slightly less so. And then finally, we come to Jay Bruce, obviously. Four for eight with the Grand Slam on Thursday in the home opener. Put a real dampener on it. Um, and he really gives that lineup some extra thump. It starts to lengthen it out from Conforto, Cespedes, Jay Bruce, as Drupal Cabrera. You really start to get a deadly lineup in there. Uh, and kind of the final note we're going to touch on this week is uh, Daniel Murphy, the former Met. Uh, Chelsea James tweeted today saying he's about a week away from a rehab assignment. So that can only be a good thing for Nats. We still want him to take it slowly so far. Just um, me and Drew have constantly reiterated this when we've been on the podcast together. We want him in October. We don't need him in April. So if we need to take our time, make sure he's ready, then do so. So that wraps us up for this week. We've got some good new content on the website. Obviously, we have Drew's interview with Carl Ravitch also on our blog talk radio. So that's definitely worth checking out. They talk about Bryce Harper, Mike Rizzo, hopefully getting a 25 year contract to <laughs> stay with the Nets. Uh, and I saw that Ross wrote a piece about how valuable Matt Adams is. And especially with Zimmerman's slow start, that's definitely going to be the case. So finally, uh, you can find us on Twitter at district on deck. Give us a like on Facebook district on deck. Uh, and again, Give us a follow on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be here after every single series this season to interview some of the some of the other teams. Um, and we'll be back on Wednesday when we have to face the Rockies. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.